Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here with Nikolai Malaraf, who is a co-founder of uh, Pressreader. How's it going, Nikolai? Thank you very much, thanks. Yeah. Tell us a bit about the background and what this company actually does, what Pressreader actually does. Um, two ways of answering this question. Uh, one is that we are improving the way that people discover co- stories that matter to them. That's a very high-level answer, I suppose. The more sort of down-to-earth answer would be that we bring the best content that exists in the world, the best journalism, to people worldwide. And how do you make sure that the journalism that you're bringing is, is not in the so-called fake media, for example? <laughs> you know, that's, that's a great question, very timely, of course. Uh, we work with uh, some of the more prominent publishers around the world, uh, both newspapers and magazines alike, and sort of expanding into non-printed um, content, I guess, yeah. uh, in, in sort of augmenting that, that experience for users with, uh, with, with content that gets updated 24 hours a day. We are... <clears throat> I'd say we're selective in terms of the type of publishers that we work with. Um, at the same time, we do want to make sure that we bring the breadth of content onto a press reader, recognizing that we as individuals, we're all by ourselves now, and we, we're very unique in the type of content that we want to consume. So, for example, you wouldn't go like the National Enquirer, but you must like the Washington Post. Uh, the Washington Post has been a great partner of ours for well over a decade and we love working with them. So yes, the Washington Post is definitely available, but the National Enquirer is not available. And I mean, look, uh, you know, the fake news is not a new problem, of course, yeah. and uh, you know, National Enquirer probably would fit, would fit that definition a long, long time ago. Um, th- there is certain readership that comes with National Enquirer, and I don't want to prejudice uh, those readers that you know will, yeah. will never carry the title, but certainly wasn't our priority in terms of licensing the content from them. Yeah, because some of the stories that they have are stories that basically people would want to read. Like, I, I don't care if Tom Cruise is, is Bromfantology, or if something like Ben Affleck is, is drinking again. I mean, that to me isn't really a new story. Well, it's true, and then I mean, the point I made earlier is that we, we're all very... Um, individual in terms of the type of content that we want to consume um, we're all we're not just about sports business yeah. or, uh, or politics uh, we have hobbies we have passions we have interests and we want to get the content that that satisfies those uh, um, those passions and the content that you would discover by virtue of uh, what we've done with the product but um, if somebody wants to read an entertainment story, you know, or just playing gossip, by all means, there is that content available as well. It's available in mainstream media. Yeah. So I guess if you look at what's trending on, on, on Twitter, that story might actually be appearing on the people you, you work with. It, it, it could very yeah. well. And I mean, obviously, Twitter is, uh, has occupied a very solid niche uh, in some breaking news um, by virtue of limitations that Twitter has had in terms of the number of symbols that you could um, that you could type in you can really go in depth and I think this is where press reader is very different because the content that we have goes in depth yeah uh, it's the analysis it's the opinions it's the um, it's the experts that that you know would get published in sort of the uh, um, newspapers and magazines that we know um, uh, th- that existed and so it's it's that sort of content that attracts uh, most attention and it also drives the the engagement of users how much time they spend with the content what do they do with the content uh, what's what content gets shared um, what content attracts the most attention 
I guess right now, for example, so like, like Harvey Weinstein, if you're covering a story, how do you make sure when you're covering it, you're not covering it in a way that it's, that it's too like a tabloid? Oh, well, that's, 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 that's a great question. Um, look, I mean, the, I think for us, the way to achieve it was twofold. One, to have the, the number of qualified sources on the platform that it provides a wide range of opinions on, on the same subject matter. And number two is the, is the algorithm, you know, kind of the, the, the smart bits that sit behind the platform uh, that can um, not, that analyze how content gets consumed by readers and chooses the content that is the most relevant and the most accurate and displays it to the next reader. So there is a big machine learning element that comes with it. Um, but it's certainly one that um, that has helped in driving the engagement of users. So in long-term minds, each, each user of the platform might get different stories because according to what they like? Partially, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is, a, there is an incredible amount of personalization that, um, that happens on the product. Uh, again, going back to the whole thing that we're all but us, you know, as individuals these days. And we have a very limited amount of time that we can spend during the day on consuming content. So we want to make sure that the content that we present to the user is relevant to, to that specific user. But um, there's, you know, the, the standard of quality, I guess, or, or accuracy, that's a fairly universal standard. And so uh, there are going to be stories that will be seen by more people by virtue of the engagement that the, the readers on the platform yeah. have had with that content. Because I guess going back to fake news, if you can basically show them stories that you know is proven to be real and, and engaging, that's going to help your platform grow as well. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, look, we, we, we focus on, on, on positioning the, the, the product that it carries the, the quality journalism in it. There is a a feature that we will release onto PressReader um, sometime next year that will that will effectively rank stories in certain ways. And I don't want to give out too much today, yeah. but but it's a fairly uh, it, it's a it's an interesting feature to to add. B it's going to provide a very visual um, impression as to what, whether this story is worth reading or not. And the end users have absolutely no direct influence over the ranking except by virtue of basically engaging with that content. And also by sharing it as well. Don't uh, absolutely. I mean, there are a number of uh, um, variables that go into determining what the, what the mark is, what the, you know, what the criteria is. But, um, but it's very um, proactive, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's not, it's not something that the reader has to make a conscious choice and say, well, I would rank this story as a, B, or C, or whatever the mark would market system would be. Uh, it's uh, you know it's it's all system uh, systematic. Because at times, if you're getting a reader to actually write a story, that could be biased in certain ways, because I might hate the publication or, or hate the person writing the story or, or hate the topic. That's uh, that's that's a great angle actually, because there's you know there is a theory of cognitive dissonance that that you know we we all deal with, and so there is a there is a public persona to you as yeah. an individual. And there's a private persona, and you you may feel that you need to display to the world that you read A, B, or C, whereas in effect, what you're interested in is X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And so uh, the great thing about press reader is that because it is personal, we don't really care what you read. It's 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 for you. It's for you to engage with that content, and you don't really have to display it to the public. You know, to 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 somehow. Um, 
you'd be dishonest with yourself yeah. right because I mean like like the Washington Post for years that's been known as my goodness groundbreaking and broke stories like Watergate and the moment what they, what they did with her with the Iran Iraq war Seema Hirsch and also what they're doing now with, uh, with, with Trump when you read that publication you know for a fact that they've got no agenda they're actually out to get the truth mm. whereas other publications you might see like if Fox News website was publishing the story, you're, you're, you're going to see their agenda is going to be basically pro-Trump, pro, pro etc. That's, that's a fair point, but I, I, I do want to counter it by saying that uh, there is agenda at pretty much all publishers. Um, whether it's an editorial bias, whether it's a commercial uh, affiliation of some sort, but the, uh, there is a reason why you know, publications attract their followership, you know, if you look historically. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it is very difficult to remain neutral. And uh, it's, it's one of the challenges that I think um, that the publishing industry has is that, is, is it all about biases or, or affiliations or leanings? Or is it how you engage with, with your audience? Um, how do you provide a platform for the audience to engage with you as a creator of yeah. that content? Uh, and uh, very few publishers have cracked that, I'm afraid. And I guess because now it's online, like years ago, if you publish a story, my, my only staying in your local town or local city or local country, but now as it's online, it's been shared more, so you've got to make sure that you, your story is readable and accurate to a certain degree. Uh, that's true. And, uh, you know, the, so the craft of, uh, you know, creating content for, whether it's for print or for online, it's changing and it's evolving at a much higher pace than, than it used to be. Um, which which obviously led us to to um, to a period in, in time not not very um, uh, you know a very recent period of, of you know clickbait content yeah. right where where you know in order to attract that virality um, the shareability of that content you would uh, start creating headlines which had very little to do with the content. And again, it wasn't necessarily a new concept. It's just the, uh, you know, I can think of a number of tabloids uh, in the UK and here that have done this for years. But but because of the way that sort of snowball effect had, had you know, adds to that virality online, yeah. um, it has created a ma- massive issue. Um, and so there is... There is a diff- there is a need for a different engagement with the audience. I think the readers are becoming a lot more discerning these days too, and will not necessarily click on um, click on the clickbait um, headline. The other bit, of course, is that there has been a, a shift in the trust as a relationship uh, uh, element between that existed between readers and publishers, and so now as a as a as a reader, I trust my circle of friends more than I trust a local publisher. Yeah. It, it has a downside in, in, in the sense that if one of my friends shares a story, I automatically am inclined to share the same story because I have that trust relationship yeah. with, with my friend, which, which leads to those um, issues with sort of propagating fact or fake news. But that's, that's, that's an angle that the publishing community needs to address. Yeah, because for me, I've seen, I've seen stories, and within about two seconds, I know that's going to be clickbait. And I won't go near it because I know the headline will not be anything. It might be one small line in, in, in the story. It's going to be the headline. Is it? And then you read it, it's like, that's not what it said. They said something, and I'm expecting that in the story, but I don't see it there. Yeah. And after a while, if that publisher keeps doing that, you know, basically, I'm not reading their stuff because I know it is, or, or the author, sorry, I know I can't read it because it's going to be clickbait. 
and then that's the thing. I mean, you, the the engagement that you will have with that particular publisher will will start declining yeah. uh, rapidly, and then by virtue of having a lot of content on press reader and being able to select you know the the content based on that engagement we can we can propel the better quality stories up to the very front and expose them to, to a much wider audience. Yeah, because I guess if somebody's reading a story that's basically as good quality, they're going to happily reuse what we're getting in because they know you're not going to give them anything they don't want to read. Right. No, I agree. Because if you get like a tabloid, for example, in a tabloid, there's a, people that either want to see a story about a scandal or see a sports story, or if it's a story involving politics, it involves sleeves or tax. No, nothing good. So whereas if you're reading now like a... A mainstream newspaper, like they say, the the Times or the or something like that, or the, or basically the uh, Wall Street Journal, something. Like that, they're going to be doing stories that you know that are going to be what you want to read. It, they're going to be higher class contents and better quality. That's the generally speaking, that's a fair, a fair comment. Uh, I I would say though is that the the beauty of what we've created is that as a as a reader you don't have to choose and say well i want to read just the wall street journal yeah. or or the mail you're going to be exposed to content from all these publishers that we work with all the content creators that we work with and you will be able to read what's of interest to you and it can be a story from the wall street journal it can be a story from the washington post it can be a story from one of the trashy tabloids who are we to judge yeah but i suppose you're getting all one place so which is good and also if you know, for example, that someone likes a, a certain writer, you might then think, well, here's other guys that are like him that you might like are very similar, so we'll give you all these guys. That are, it's like basic music genres. If you like Bob Dylan, we'll give you, you go, you go into like Apple iTunes, they'll suggest to actors like Bob Dylan. So if you're an author and you, you go, oh, I like this person, it will give you people like that. That's a, that's, a, that's a great point, and that's exactly what we're doing. We, we want to expose the, the craft of journalism and the, and, and, and the individuals who stand behind it. Um, one of the features on, on Press Reader is that um, each publication has its own channel, effectively, the presence on Press Reader, but then each of the journalists that write for that, for that publisher will have their own channel as well. And yes, you can read, you know, if you, if you establish a trusted relationship with that journalist, you can start consuming more and more of their content uh, within Press Reader. Um, for too long, the um, in, in in a number of publishing houses, the the journalists, the true artists behind it, um, were were somewhat hidden. Uh, they they didn't really communicate with with the outside world. Um, oftentimes, not allowed to engage with their readers. But we want to expose these journalists and allow them to 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 have that two-way conversation because yeah, sometimes you see in a story it'll be like online team one of the journalists that's also you're never sure who wrote that yeah. whereas with you guys you make sure before we publish a story we're going to make sure that we have a name behind it and a face so that people can kind of relate to them yeah yeah. Um, I, I think you'll, you'll find a lot less of the online team type content uh, these days it's uh, uh, it's it's over commoditized and it's it carries absolutely no value uh, in, in terms of engagement. So, in, in, in the publishing community, has come around to understand that you know you see fewer and fewer wire services, wire service stories appearing in the in publications. What you will find, and that's that's really where the the quality comes in, is the is the analysis of one of the experts. You yeah. know, uh, on on the story that may have been broken on a wire, you know, uh, just hours ago, and so. That's really has been the focus for us as a company. And uh, tell us about the jobs you're going to be having in Dublin soon. New jobs are coming on stream. 
So uh, we, we're thrilled about opening up an office in, in Dublin. Uh, it's been a long time coming and it's, uh, it, it's exciting to walk into to these walls and see uh, that it's, it's actually coming true. Um, there are a number of reasons why we, uh, we decided to, to have our international head office in, in, in Ireland, in Dublin, and uh, one of those reasons was access to talent pool. Um, we're a tech company. Uh, development is a big part of what we do. Uh, the one of the initial uh, is one of the initial set of, um, of new hires here will focus on machine learning that I've talked about earlier yeah. today. Uh, that's <clears throat> for us as a company. That's probably one of the most challenging yet most exciting uh, sort of development projects. Um, and it's it's not one of those projects that. Has a definitive timeline that you know we'll we'll start building it now and we'll we'll complete it in three or six months. It's the whole element of machine learning is that it's continuous and so, but in terms of building a product that is relevant, engaging, um, and becomes these you know the primary source for people to discover stories that matter to them as individuals, it's an absolutely essential part of doing it. There's so much content. That, that's that's being created every single minute, every single second. That it's it's only through um, uh, through things like machine learning can we actually build it a truly personal experience for the readers um, that provides that relevant content out of that sea. Because I guess machine learning can do things faster than a human, so it's easier to to text stories that are good or bad. Exactly, exactly. And uh, uh, you know, part of it is is also to make sure that the it's not the kind of snippets of the content that get exposed, but it's the it's the full stories. Where you know this, the 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 depth uh, and breadth of that content that we, we we can expose to individuals, to readers. Yeah, and I guess basically, if people want to use your platform. If you're basically a publication, how do they go about applying to be in your platform? So, the publishers that we work with, they come from all walks of life, and they can um, they can reach out to us. Uh, through our site, which is about .pressreader.com, and um, asked to be featured on, on on the service, and we would love to have that conversation with them. We we want to build a sustainable future for content creators. It's it's one of um, uh, one of our visions as a company, and uh, we we feel that we play a big part in the in the transformation of the publishing community. Um, and the readers they can access PressReader two ways. One is they can become individual subscribers. Um, and pay monthly fee, very similar to the Netflix's and Spotify's of the world, and then yeah. you can access, you know, access the whole collection of uh, of stories and uh, read whatever your um, whatever you want, whatever your passions are. Um, but we also are very much aware that uh, there is a large group of large percentage of consumers who are, let's say, averse to paying for content. Uh, they grew up in a slightly different world, and. Um, uh, so in that case, we we partner with brands, uh, you know, hotels, libraries, uh, airlines, cruise ships, etc. So places that that consumers visit, uh, yeah. and those brands then provide sponsored access to the consumers. So you'll go into a coffee shop, uh, and you'll see that press reader is featured there. So you log into their Wi-Fi network or just through geolocation, and now that that coffee shop has gifted you access to press reader. For a period of time, so that's another way that we we make that content uh, accessible. 
So if your publication, is it free to, to, to join or do, you, do they pay for you? Publishers don't pay anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's free to join. It's, uh, we, we want to make sure that we, we attract as much quality content as, as we can to press freedom. All right, so it's just basically uh, you just do people pay for just to read the access content. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And we, we want to monetize it. We believe in monetizing uh, content that has been created. Uh, when we released the very first version of, um, of our service uh, in November 2003, so 14 years ago, we were the first who created the all-you-can-consume digital platform. Uh, Netflix existed, but it was still at, in, it was still at that stage when they would mail DVDs. You had unlimited access yeah. to it, but it was not a streaming service. And we created the All You Can Read platform that um, that allowed the consumer to say, I don't want to subscribe to just one publication. Um, I want to have access to that whole breadth of content. Uh, it, and from day one, it was a paid-for service. We wanted to make sure that publishers get their fair compensation for the content that they created, for the for their labor. Uh, we wanted to make sure that the when the industry is going to start evolving that the advertising revenue from print that didn't translate into the advertising revenue online that there's going to be supplemental income that comes in from from basically syndicating that content Um, and we wanted to build a a system that allowed readers to access what they want and 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 be satisfied with the content that they discover one of the things that's that's you know as we've talked about machine learning is that as a, as a consumer, as a reader, you will find content that you never thought existed. And that's, I think, the, one of the most exciting things about press reader as far as consumers go. So if you're a pub- publisher, will you get revenue from that or will you just get a stats on, a, on how your stories have run? You, there are a number of ways in which we work with publishers. Some get revenue, uh, some get stats. Uh, it really depends on what the what the objectives that a publisher wants to achieve. Uh, whether it's of a wider exposure to, to an audience that, uh, that, as I said, is sort of averse to paying for content, or whether this is a revenue stream um, for publishers. We're, we work in a number of ways with them. Yeah, it's good to know, because I know that some publishers would like to know how well they're doing worldwide, because at a certain time when they're looking online, some of the ways of, of looking at what they're doing is skewed, and isn't, isn't that actually uh, accurate? That's, that's true. That's, a, that's an interesting point. And, um, and, and one thing that I think is attractive um, that we offer to publishers is that yes, they can see the kind of the geographic spread of where their readers are coming from, but also they they get um, data on how the publication is read um, in real time, uh, and they can use that knowledge, uh, that that data, and and apply it to their print product if they still produce yeah. a print product. Um, it's something that we call it a reading map, and it's something we've released to to, to the publishers that we worked with um, just over a decade ago. Kind of our first foray, I guess, into um, what everybody calls big data. We didn't really think of it as big data at the time, um, and and if anything, I wouldn't say it's big data. It's just smart data. It's how you you use that data and how you apply it in your um, in your everyday life. That's that's more important, but. That's something that's available to publishers. Because I mean, if you look at Alexa, for example, Alexa relies on you having to have an Alexa toolbar on your system, and then right. when it tells you how often people visit your site, it tells you overall how much time to stay. But you can't tell them which story is doing the best. Whereas with your guys, I guess you can tell them this story this month or this week got you the most views, and that topic is one that we think maybe is going to get you the most engagement. 
or the or this particular article has had all these people started reading the article and then dropped off of it yeah. straight away. So clearly, that was not an interesting piece of content. Yeah, yeah, well, that's very much. And uh, I guess uh, that's about it. Thanks so much for that, Nicola. Thank you. Thank you very Appreciate much. It. Thanks.